Welcome back to Gemini Placements. This is not an astrology podcast. Definitely not. This is a podcast about millennial angst. (laughs) (laughs) So perfect. It really does just kind of encapsulate everything. Yeah, I'm tired of these, you know, long drawn out explanations. We're just going to cut straight to the chase here and, you know, call a spade a spade. (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. Well, we are um, on episode five and episode five is a little bit different because we are recording remotely today. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fun little fun little situation we've got going because I don't have a webcam, so yeah, <laughs> multiple things are happening here. Lots of digital things are happening here, but regardless, they're happening. We're back, but we are apart this time due to the old walkie D. <laughs> <laughs> the only person who can make me laugh about the lockdown. I like every day I wake up and I'm like, I just want my fucking job back. Just give me my fucking job back. Well, I've been waking up every day this week and going, they took my germ. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Why did Doug Ford shut me down? My dude keeps making all kinds of like little cracks. Like whenever we're together, he's like, oh, well, I mean, you've got lots of time on your hands, so you can just do this that whenever, right? And I'm like, God damn it. Or like, We'll be doing something and he'll be like, yeah, well, I have work on Monday. So I'm like, God damn it, dude. Like, yeah. What's it like having employment? Yeah. If you have been living under a rock, we got uh, shut down all salons and non-essential businesses in certain parts of Ontario, including downtown Canada, where we are, got shut down um, for 28 days or until further notice. That was as of this past Monday. So it's been a week of lockdown already for us. We saw each other last Sunday. We would have seen each other two more times. Uh, We have not because you're not supposed to see anybody now. Exactly. So how was your week? Uh, How was your first week of lockdown, Sam? Uh, Depressing and frustrating. Um, I feel like a lot of my focus was just on like trying to ignore all the bullshit that's happening around The whole situation, it's really frustrating because, I mean, you've only locked down essentially two cities. They've only locked down two regions, right? So, like, our clients have the ability to leave the city and go to a hair salon in an area that's not locked down. And, you know, there's nothing you can do to stop that situation. In the middle of our busiest season of the year, we can't go to work, even though there hasn't been a single case of COVID traced back to a single salon. So, that's been really, really aggravating to see, especially considering like, you know, schools are open and things like that. And I know a lot of people are going to argue that like, you know, teachers are being really diligent about, about, Mm. you know, what happens when kids get, they come into school with a runny nose or whatever. But the fact of the matter is, is that the the transmission is still capable of happening in the schools, you know, cases are still happening. Transmission is still possible. Whereas that wasn't a thing for hair salons at all whatsoever. So it kind of feels like a bit of a slap in the face. Yeah. Um, personal this time. Yeah. Michael Jordan style. This time it's personal for me. Personal. Because you know what? The last lockdown, I, you know, didn't agree with everything that the government did, which I never do. You know, the last lockdown, I was like, okay, I get it. We need people to stay home. This is a new virus. This is something unprecedented. So I just need to sit my ass home and collect my CRB and God bless and whatever. See you later. 
Um, but this time it just feels like a fucking insult because, you know, it's hard not to take it personally. Sam and I work together and like, we've been working 12 hour shifts or sometimes even longer and doing cleaning and sanitation to a degree that's like madness. You know, I mean, like wiping down underneath your fingernails between each client with rubbing alcohol, like scrubbing the toilet after every time someone goes to the washroom, you know, Every time, every time a client went into the bathroom, we immediately were in there right afterwards, disinfecting and sanitizing everything in the bathroom after every single time a client used that washroom. I was in the salon yesterday just to teach a little class. And I I just, you know, I got mad all over again as I was leaving because I saw the two giant gallon or whatever they are barrels of alcohol that we would mass order from a local distillery to clean the salon. And we would go through that in like a week and a half. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. Like we were just guzzling that alcohol, just spraying it and Lysol everywhere, you know, every nook and cranny, the glass that we had to order to cover every surface because our salon has a lot of reclaimed wood in it, wiping down the doorknob, you know what I mean? And, and it's just, it's hard to not take it personally because hairstylists, like we just want to serve people. You know what I mean? We just want to do our job, come in, make people look and feel good. And we did. Like we really fucking did, you know, I think yeah. every hairstylist, you know, was like, okay, I'm going to make less money because I'm going to be doing less clients. That's fine. Okay. I'm going to be working even harder physically than I already was. That's fine. Okay. I'll stay later. Okay. I'll work Monday, like whatever, you know what I mean? We just yeah. want to work and it's like, they give us the guidelines. They say, jump. We say, how high Mr. Ford for Doug Ford to go on after. And, you know, when, um, there's a movement recently happening on social media that I believe uh, it's a salon called Trichology Boutique in Toronto started it called Show Your Stats T.O. Yeah, I saw and, that. Right. And it's like all these salons and all these barber shops posting there how many staff, how many visitors came in, how many cases of COVID. And it's always zero because there has not been a single case of COVID linked to salons or any beauty business. Yeah. And when um, Doug Ford was asked about it on the news, he just said, oh, well, there was an outbreak at a salon a a few weeks after I got my hair cut. And he didn't say when or where. And it's impossible to find it online. Yeah, it it was such a vague statement that he just said to kind of dismiss everything. And it was like, bullshit. Tell us what fucking salon that was. Tell us when you went to give us some information behind that. Back up what you're saying. It was why, why was, why did the transmission happen? Right. There was one, there was one nail salon in Kingston that was linked back to it back in like June or July when, right when they were just lifting all of the, and if you looked into that situation, you would have seen that the amount of clients that they had to call in the contact tracing was way more than it would then than the salon was physically capable of even doing in the two weeks that they had been open and so it it kind of came about that this salon had been operating during the first lockdown the entire time clearly didn't give a fuck and and we're not respecting anything the entire time so it's like that you can't even count that in with the rest of us because that's not what any of us were doing nobody's nobody opened during the lockdown and nobody sure as hell wasn't following proper procedures and you know what if they weren't then um that's the health inspector's job to come by and check you know and if you don't have enough health inspectors then 
reopen as many businesses as you can have checked. Like there are other ways to approach this. You know, I, we're not going to pretend to be like politicians or anything here. It's, it's not necessary to shut down every single small business down before their busiest time of year and just say, oh, we'll cover you. Don't worry. We'll cover your hydro. Are you fucked? Do you know how much money people make around this time of year? Like, are you yeah. kidding me? I'm, I'm making, I'm making like this, this is the month that makes up for any month that's ever slow throughout the rest of the year. Absolutely. You know, and, and, um, it's with any business, but with hair salons, I mean, like this is the time of year where we mass order tons of product. Cause that's the only time that these really nice professional products go on sale. And like, like, yeah, there's curbside, but I was just, you know, we were just talking about this before we started recording. Like I'm trying to buy a few things locally for birthdays and for um, the holidays and stuff. And it's like fucking jumping hoops and so difficult, you know, and I'm still going to do it, but not everybody has the time. Not everybody has um, the ability to, right? Like people don't have a car. Not everybody will walk for two hours somewhere. Like I will. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Like some people can't, some people won't, some people, yeah, there's, there's so many limitations Mm -hmm. in place. And like, you know, I I don't ever want to fault somebody for, you know, immediately using a big box store because I don't know their life. I don't know why that they need to make that choice. Right. Like I don't, I don't have dependents. I don't have, you know, a a stretched thin income. I mean, I do now, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's my thing too, is, you know what, there's a lot of individual responsibility and it's like, yes, we should be buying local. Yes. We should be supporting, small businesses, you know, I see the little stickers on Instagram and everything and I get it, but it's like, you know, it's the same as with climate change or anything like that or zero waste. It's like, yes, those are things we should be doing, but it's not an individual responsibility end of, because then what are the fucking corporations owning up to? You know what I mean? It's you know, the same corporation will tell you to take a shorter shower and then like fucking dump mercury on like native land, you know, <laughs> and not yeah, exactly. pay the $200,000 fine or whatever and be like, peace, by the way, buy, uh, you know, don't uh, buy plastic packaging. It's really bad for the environment. Buy green from us. Like it's and, you know, and with this, too, it's like, yes, buy local. Yes, support local one hundred percent but it's like to the point where it's like guilting people you know where you almost feel like a piece of shit if you do have to purchase something from walmart if you do have to purchase something from amazon it's kind of unavoidable at this point so people almost and when it gets to that point people go one way or the other right like people are just like fuck it i give up or they're I'm only buying, I'm only, and like they go over the top. And then it's like, again, kind of what we talked about in our last episode. Yeah. Yeah. Goes back to that shit. You know, anybody who's not able to buy everything hundred percent locally from small local businesses because of your life situation, you know, chill out. Like it's not your fault. Just do your best. Right. Yeah, do your best. That's all you can do. Right. It's all we, we, all any of us can do. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep reminding. Speaking of doing your best and individual responsibility. Uh, Somebody who is not good at those things, Mr. Adam Skelly, Skelly. Mr. Etobicoke Barbecue Man. That's been something that's consumed the last week as for me as well. I I think it's like, it's, I honestly, it feels like he's putting salt in the wounds uh, as somebody who's shut down. Like, I'm like, 
okay, cool. Like your dad bought you your restaurants, you know, you come from money and you're up here talking about, you know, this is detrimental to your small business and shit. And I'm like, you've got three of those, dude. Like you're not, you're not in a situation where like you're really being impacted nearly as much as other small businesses. Like you're kind of, like, I just feel like that was another kind of performative thing. Oh. And it, it really now, like at the beginning, I was like, okay, I get where this guy's coming from. I don't <laughs> agree with what he's doing, but I get where he's coming from. And now I'm at the point where I'm like, bro, I can't even, I can't even agree with you anymore. Like your, your, the Etobicoke location has just become ground zero for anti-maskers yeah. and, and people and COVID hoax deniers, you know, you know, or COVID deniers or whatever. And, and I'm just like, you started, you almost started well. I mean, obviously saying like, I'm going to be open for dine-in is like not the route that I think he should have taken. God. But uh, I mean, Trump, did you see the footage of um, people walking out with like food from his store? And one guy, of course, with no mask on was like sneezed like 800 times. He was, oh, just- he was very obviously doing that to troll everybody. Like they were such exaggerated sneezes. I was like, this guy's just trying to fuck with everybody because he knows the cameras are on him as he's leaving. Oh God. I like for sure. He was just, he was, and this is the other thing, right? Is I think that a lot of these people who support him are actually for sure a hundred percent anti-maskers and COVID deniers. But then there's a lot of people who just love the shit storm he's created because they're like, this is fucking hilarious to me. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, sure. I can like appreciate like making fun of people being ridiculous, but like, let's not prop this guy up on a fucking pedestal here. This guy, this guy comes from money. He obviously does. He posted $50,000 bail when he got, after he got arrested, yes. like $50,000 is not an easy fucking amount to come up with. Ford is not giving us that. <laughs> and there's a fucking GoFundMe that's raised $300,000 for this guy. I'm like, this guy doesn't need anybody's fucking money. And in, there's a video. He was at the anti-mask rally last Saturday and somebody videotaped him. Uh, they were interviewing him and he was like, I don't want people to think that this money is going to me. It's going to all small businesses, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, sit and nobody can see what I'm doing. I'm making a jerk off motion right now, but I'm like, shut up, like <laughs> shut up. None of all of that money is going into your pocket. I saw some people talking online. They were like, yo, this guy's going to start get trying to get into politics. Just watch. He's going to use this stunt as a way to get into politics. Oh my God, I would not be shocked or surprised. And I would not be shocked or surprised for him to actually get a seat in whatever area he runs in. Because like, that's just the way the world is at this point, right? We reward idiots who make good TV. I don't know how this makes any sense, but. I don't know. I don't know where we got to a point as a society where we're like, Let's just entirely disregard like educated, well-grounded, well-rounded individuals' credibility. And, oh, I like this person on TV, like you said. Anytime I remember um, like something I do when I'm really um, depressed is like watch old clips of uh, RuPaul's Drag Race, like compilation. Nice. And almost every single one is like, RuPaul should run for president. Like RuPaul should be president. You know, I, and like people are guys, like imagine, you know, just fucking imagine just because you like seeing this person entertaining you, like politics is not there to entertain you. It is now, but it's not supposed to be. Yeah. Politics is not supposed to be entertainment. Like, I'm sorry, but what does RuPaul or Trump or fucking Adam Skelly know about foreign policy? 
You know what I mean? Like politics are not simple. And yes, I agree that like, especially people who get up to the top, I don't trust them because like, you know, you had to do some sketchy shit probably to get there. It's the same as like fucking billionaires, right? Like there's no honest billionaire, but at the same time, we can't just ignore credentials. We can't ignore the fact that like politics are not that simple because like you are, you're going to, you're dealing with people's lives. Like entertainment is entertainment. It's literally just to bring joy or get people talking. It's a form of art, right? Politics is dealing with legitimately, legitimately life or death scenarios for people's lives. And responsibility. That's not something you want to just throw a celebrity into the role of. Cause what the fuck do they know? Nothing. They know nothing. They know how to make you laugh, make you cry or make you angry. They and that's not what I want out of a politician. What? They know how to lie. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Uh, yeah. And so do all politicians. So I, I guess that's something, but uh, anyways, it's I think uh, we've been kind of feeling on the same wavelength this week. I think the first three days after lockdown, like we worked that weekend They announced the lockdown um, last Friday. And then, of course, uh, you were in the salon, weren't you? Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, so funny. Uh, One of our coworkers, she pulls out her phone and she's like, guys, the announcement's about to happen. And I was about to pull it up on my phone. And uh, Rebecca, she was doing a client and it was just myself and our other coworker, Rebecca and her client. And all of us stood around and just watched as Doug Ford was like, yeah, Toronto's going into lockdown as, as of Monday at 1.30 a.m. And I, I shit you not, within 10 minutes, the phones were blowing up, like just ringing off the hook. We had easily... 50 emails within the first hour. Like it was, it was absolute madness. It was like, oh, they still got Saturday and Sunday and the rest of today to do my hair. Let me get in there. But Sunday, we were already completely booked. I think I might've had one spot left and that got taken like, like so fast. And then, but and it it was so shitty as well because because of the restrictions, you know, there were a bunch of us that could have worked on the Saturday that aren't normally scheduled in and vice versa. A bunch of people who don't normally work on Sunday that could have come in um, to do more hair. But, you know, we've got all these restrictions in place that, oh, my God, guess what? We're following. Uh, right. And uh, and so, you know, a lot of people weren't able to get their hair done and like a lot of people. It was it was pretty chaotic. I had the I had that Friday off and I was uh, actually getting tattooed. I'm so glad I, I started this tattoo right after we came out of lockdown one. It it just needed one more session. And I'm so glad that it got finished <laughs> Yeah, as we, as it was announced that we were locking down. So, you know, we were watching, um, we were watching it together and we were both just like, fuck, you know, we knew it, but it was just like, ugh. and about five minutes after I got my period. <laughs> Like five days early and my body just like on day one is just like a hopeless bag of meat. I was just in so much pain and she still had to tattoo me for another like hour and a half as I was like convulsing with cramps. Oh, Jesus. Wait, so what, I, hurts, what hurts more, tattoos or period cramps? 100% period cramps. The tattoos nice. is nothing. But, uh, yeah, I had to uh, I had to lie down and die on her tattoo table for about an hour after we were finished and wait for my ibuprofen to kick in. And next to me was my phone just like going, it just didn't stop vibrating and eventually just ran, like ran out of battery. 
Um, Cause I was getting DMS. I was getting texts from our bosses, from staff, from my clients, from everybody, other hairstylists, L'Oreal. Oh my God. I was just like, Jesus Christ. And I was just this like blubbering mess by the time I got home. So I was like, I'll get back to everybody on Saturday morning. So on Saturday, I woke up at about 3.30 a.m. and just started getting back to everybody. And then uh, ran to the salon and started um, booking extra people in and whatever. But uh, yeah, so rescheduling everybody. So I worked Saturday till about nine and Sunday as well, about nine. So two, like just over 12 hour shifts. And then we packed it up and said goodbye. Um, it was, it was, it just felt like the holidays condensed into two days instead of weeks and weeks. And yeah, there weren't many people, extra people could fit in. Like I was fully booked. So we did have to disappoint some people, but what can you do? I mean, we're also very lucky that we've got some amazing clients. And so when you, when we have had to turn people down, they've been understanding. Yeah. I think there was one, I had one person on Friday who called near the end of the day and they were like, can I book an appointment for tomorrow, a haircut for tomorrow? And I was like, I'm sorry, we're fully booked. And she was like, are you serious? Oh my God. And I was like, are you like, what (laughs) are you serious? You know, you're calling me at the end of the day on Friday, right after a lockdown was announced for Monday and you want an appointment tomorrow. (laughs) Like, are you serious? But I don't know who that, I don't know who that person was. And I highly doubt that they're a regular or, you know, had a lot of new clients who like just last minute they're like i i've never been to your salon but i need it (laughs) all right all right come Come on in come on in yes it was it was a a mad dash for sure i'm glad we finished our last day together and you know and it was it was a nice like it was a nice energy despite some of the shitty parts of it i honestly like there was one point i was like packing up my stuff to leave and I was like, I feel like we should be playing graduation by vitamin C. Like, I feel like I'm just not fucking coming back. That TikTok trend where everybody's like recreating the ends of early 2000s movies. Like, that's what I felt like I should have been doing as I was like leaving the door. I should have like done a second take and like said something kind of like witty to you guys as I like walked off into the distance. Just Speaking of TikTok. Oh, gosh. Have, have you heard? I mean, you have heard because I told you about this this morning because I'm fucking losing it. There is a TikTok trend called Mark of the Beast. Oh, my God. I thought I was going to be so into that, but I'm not. I know. I was like, (laughs) no, in in theory, you might have been, but it's actually (laughs) just a bunch of Christian Trumpers making these like extremely dramatic videos to this really weird song that like sounds like Creed made it. It's all about like being forced to take the vaccine and then when you refuse to take the vaccine you basically get turned into like a prisoner of war and like they're all being like pretending to get executed like yeah like executed or just like tortured it's like super ridiculous and then like they keep like singing up into the sky and then and then they finally die and they're like singing to god to like they're like please take (laughs) now and then god like comes and and like you know they die and then god brings them to the the gate the gates of heaven and then it, god is like come with me child and then they're like yes i have been i have been selected for the rapture like it's just 
so, so intense and dramatic and fucking hilarious. I'm just like slightly terrified that these people exist, but also like it's such good TikTok content. It's so weird. Yeah, you sent me a couple and I was like, what in the Christ is going on? <laughs> Literally. I'm a little bit confused because wasn't Trump all about the vaccine? Wasn't he like into the vaccine? Is it because it's Biden's vaccine now? Probably. It's probably it? because it's Biden's vaccine now. Will this yeah. left just taint? <laughs> it's oh my god. So intense. It's so intense. And like all these, there's so many other videos talking about like that like are related to the mark of the beast. And it's people actually breaking down like the book of revelations and like all kinds of stuff and like other people explaining like how to activate your third eye and all this shit. And I'm just like, it's a mess. It's it- a mess. That's kind of what I love about TikTok, though, is, like, Mm. you people who should never have been given the opportunity to, like, let you in on their life now have the opportunity to let you in on their life. And there's some dark, dark shit on TikTok. Wow. But, yeah, anyway, this week, all week after the lockdown, um, I don't know about you, but for about three or four days, I was just, like, miserable and lethargic. And I was just really angry at the government and eating a lot of chips. I was, I, I've been pretty drunk for the last week. Fair. Um, <laughs> I have been imbibing in some herbs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. More than usual. Yeah, exactly, uh, right? Yeah, no, I feel you. And actually, okay, one more thing I have I have to share. I took my, my poor cat, Shitty, had to go to the vet on Wednesday. Um, he's been, well, he had to go to the cat ophthalmologist on Wednesday because he's been having this persistent eye issue. And finally, this ophthalmologist got to the bottom of things. And guys, my cat needs fillers. You, what? You can't make this shit up, okay? Shitty needs fillers. He needs a few units or whatever of hyaluronic acid filler. Yes, that's what they put in your lips. Yes. <laughs> he needs to get filler in his eyelids because his eyelids right now are rolling inwards and that makes his eyelash touch his little eyeball and irritates it. So once he gets the fillers, they'll pop back out, I guess. So I'll need to, I need to, I'll need to ask Shitty if he'll recommend his, uh, his ophthalmologist veterinarian. Charging me, I want to be like, bitch, is there any left? Like right here, right here. Like just Just throw a little bit right in, right in there. Cash. I have all my tips from the weekend. Like just fill me up in the fucking parking lot. I'll keep my mask on. I won't tell Doug Ford. Like it's all good, girl. We're not even in the 416. (laughs) Yeah. So my cat. We are our, we are our clients now <laughs> just like desperately like please just a little botox yeah, <laughs> just a little anywhere anywhere you know and that's the only fillers i want is under my fucking eyes but shitty gets to have them so shitty's gonna be sexy as fuck this week youthful <laughs> fresh thriving i can't I wait. can't wait i can't wait to see shitty's new face <laughs> I, I'm like, when they quoted me, I'm like, he better look like fucking Nicole Kidman and Big Little Lies, like all tight, but <laughs> like, like, fresh. Uh. Oh my God. I mean, they're both gingers, so. Fill her up, baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Seen a really heavy, kind of lethargic, depressing, difficult energy in the air. We're coming towards the yeah. end of the year. 
actually three really big astrological events going down. One of them just happened this morning. So we're in the midst of it right now as we record on Monday, November 30th or whatever day it is. So at 4.30 a.m. this morning, well, actually started at about 2 a.m., but it was at its height at 4.30 was the penumbular lunar eclipse. And full moon in Gemini. And the sun is in Sagittarius. So Gemini and Sagittarius are opposing each other. What is this all about? What's a penumbular uh, lunar eclipse? And what that is, is it's slightly different from a regular lunar eclipse. Because the earth, the moon, and the sun are not perfectly aligned where one of them gets blocked, depending on their position. But actually, they're, they're a little bit misaligned. So the earth is casting a shadow. So it's actually the earth's shadow, which is called the penumbra, which is its big shadow. It has an, an even darker, smaller shadow called the umbra. But the penumbra, this broad shadow, is covering or was covering um, the moon up to 70%. Um, and they eclipsed. So the eclipse always happens during a full moon. You know, obviously in astronomy, it is what it is. It's, it occurs, we, we get usually like, I think three or four eclipses a year. So we're kind of in the eclipse season. But in astrology, eclipses are seen as like, kind of like wild cards. They're kind of like big transformative portals. So the lunar one, and we know the moon has to do with like our subconscious. It's a more like yin energy, more feminine energy. And we don't mean that in sex, by the way, this is more (laughs) broad. So it's kind of a great time for deep emotional clearing out. It's kind of like an emotional detox almost. And during a lunar eclipse, you kind of, the things that become, the things that are more subconscious, the things that are more hidden become more urgent. Mm. So during a lunar eclipse, it's not uncommon to wake up and something that's kind of been on the back of your mind, something where, you know, you kind of like, maybe when you're drifting off to sleep, you're like, oh, that's kind of been bothering me for a while at work or whatever. Like all of a sudden you might just wake up and be like, I'm fucking over it. I'm doing something about it. Like it becomes urgent. Right. comes it 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 goes so whatever was in the back now goes to the front whatever is in the front takes in the back so it is a little bit of a reversal it's kind of like the hangman card in in the tarot where everything gets flipped upside down and you get to observe it from a new perspective well Uh, yeah and then and then it's also an eclipse in gemini and gemini is like the sign for communication too right so mm -hmm. if you're if somebody's experiencing a situation where they're like you know they've been having maybe communication issues like, and, and they've been putting off, like maybe having a conversation with somebody that they need to have or something like that. Like maybe now they're going to be more, they're, they're going to have a little bit more of like a fire lit under their ass to, to take care of that. Absolutely. And yeah, it's, it's a lot, it has a lot to do with like fulfillment. The eclipse will kind of guide you closer to fulfillment. And exactly like you said, that Gemini energy is now counterbalanced with Sagittarian energy too, because the sun is in Sagittarian mm. in that season. Very. So Gemini is, uh, the Gemini mind is very like quick, right? It's that Mercury tongue. It's very witty. It's very adaptable. It's very responsive to its current environment and to its like surrounding community. Whereas the Sagittarian mind is more broad, is a little bit more of like on a quest for meaning, 
on a journey to figure everything out. It's a very global mind. So this is a great time to combine both those mental energies and find a balance for yourself. Yeah. And just figure out, you know, what plays which role in your life? What are you leaning maybe more heavily into right now? Because you got to be in the middle, you got to have that, you know, as, as a straight and narrow path in your life. And what's holding you back from uh, from actualizing that? Right. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. And then um, there's going to be a full solar eclipse following shortly after on December 14th, full solar eclipse in Sagittarius. So this is where the moon passes the earth and the sun and ends up visually blocking out the sun because of its proximity. So we're not going to see it, unfortunately, in the northern hemisphere here. But countries like Chile, Argentina, certain parts of Africa, they're going to have a solid two minutes of complete darkness during the day when this happens. So pretty awesome. And solar eclipses are a little bit different. They are all to do with new beginnings, with desires, goals, big external changes and removals of obstacles. Okay. Pretty cool because you can kind of look at, you know, the the sequence of them. You can look at the lunar eclipse as like clearing out of all the bullshit in life, clearing out of that negativity, anything holding you back and welcoming that, welcoming that sun energy, that solar eclipse energy where it's like, you just go for it. Just, you just really, really go for it. And things kind of not like, it's not like go your way in terms of luck. But it's that obstacles will be removed. And maybe the obstacles that do get removed are um, the things that you get rid of yourself, right? The things that you kind of move um, out of your subconscious and let your conscious thrive, if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah, totally. It's the lag. Sorry, guys. Still getting (laughs) zoom, 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 and a zoom, zoom, zoom in your room. Boom, boom, boom. That's the the theme song. new theme song guys stay tuned <laughs> I didn't even smoke weed before this podcast this is just who I am you just wait next podcast is I think I'm just gonna get Liddy to the titty um honestly we should do it I'm we, already working on it <laughs> yeah Sam's like how much wine is left in that bottle because it didn't get popped open that long ago sorry no I'm still working on my first glass drinking <laughs> definitely pop the bottle at fucking 3 30 today I don't have a fucking job, so I guess I'm just gonna drink. My gerbs. <laughs> they really took our gerbs. That's just the name of the episode. <laughs> but there is a third. Wait a second. Wait a second. There's a there's another significant fact that you're leaving out that has to do with the solar eclipse. Sorry. Oh yes. Fuck. Sorry. <laughs> That is the day that Joe Biden gets sworn in as <laughs> the president by the whatever electoral college. Right. Which, so I was like, honestly, the moment you told me that, I was like, either this is extremely ominous for yeah. whoever's going to see the solar eclipse or it's something else. <laughs> Um, so it's so funny it's so funny that you actually say like a solar eclipse is like a clearing of obstacles Mm -hmm. because I was doing some relation or some some research I shouldn't call it research but I was like looking up stuff about 
the relations between the U.S. and South America. And mm. South America, the solar eclipse is going to be very big in, in South America or vi- yeah. visual. And uh, as I'm sure a lot of people know and some people don't know, Trump was really trying to get the states out of NAFTA. And South America is a huge trade trade country or trade continent, sorry, with the United States, as well as like, you know, Mexico and Canada. P- people have different opinions about NAFTA and whether it's working or not on NAFTA. So it'll be interesting to see if, you know, Joe Biden being elected or being sworn in is a clearing of obstacles or not uh, for these countries. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I'm not, you know, I want to Trump out, but I'm not a fucking fan of Biden or his politics at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. So I'm still sweating. I'm still nervous. I'm still worried for everybody. But I guess that's a day of um, uh, self-actualization for Sleepy Joe. He's going to get... He, he's going to get a fresh new start as El Presidente. So don't fuck it up. Okay, Joe, don't fucking bomb too many children or whatever you guys do up all up in there in that white house of yours. Um, he just like kisses little girls and, and yeah, yeah, bombs their little girls. <laughs> Depends uh, on where the little girls live, right? Uh, they all make me fucking sick, honestly, despicable. Yeah. So after that, because two eclipses are not enough, obviously, um, something else is happening on December 21st. I mean, that is the uh, the winter solstice as well. Longest day of the year, the first day of winter. But it's also um, something very, very significant event called the Great Conjunction. So in the last episode, we talked a little bit about the um, Pluto and Jupiter conjunction that just happened. And this is now happening between, so it's called the great conjunction because it's the two biggest planets in our solar system. Okay. And a conjunction, which is Jupiter and Saturn. So it's when astronomically it's when they're really fucking close to each other. Basically it's, they're so close to each other that they look like they're conjoined basically from our, point of view here from earth. So um, in astrology, what that means is that the energies of those two planets is combined. So it's almost like pressing two notes on the piano and they're vibrating at the same time in unison. And you kind of hear them both, but they're also blending together, if that makes sense. Yeah, Um, totally. That's a great reason. And Jupiter and Saturn are conjoining in Aquarius. So there was a lot of activity going down in Capricorn Saturn was in Capricorn, Jupiter was in Capricorn, and Pluto were in Capricorn for like most of, uh, for this whole year, for 2020, which kind of makes sense because it was all about like, Capricorn has a lot to do with authority, rules, restrictions, sound familiar. So yeah, so now they're all, now um, Saturn and Jupiter are moving into Aquarius, which is a very different flavor. (laughs) (laughs) what a big change of energy when you go from capricorn to us um aquarius holy shit because aquarius is all about progressiveness communal and global thinking rebellion against against the status quo innovation aligning with the unconventional it's basically like the rebel of the zodiac and it's the sign that's kind of like let's put our differences aside let's work together and we're going to work together in my weird ass way basically that kind of sums it up so they're meeting together on december 21st and this happens there there is a conjunction that happens every 20 years like that however 
the level of closeness and the fact that it's happening in Aquarius, this hasn't happened in hundreds of years. The last one recorded was in 1623, the last conjunction that like that uh, many degrees close. And it was nowhere near as close as they are getting up to each other this time. The last time they were even remotely this close to each other in the sky was in 1223. Holy like, crap. It's like really big. I was reading all these, you know, Sky News and all these astronomy websites. And like, they're all geeking out about this because this is major, major, major. Even if you don't give a shit about astrology, like the proximity of these two enormous planets to each other is unbelievable. They're so close. It's like half the moon's diameter apart. Like when you think of space, that's really close. It's like it's half a degree, I believe, that they're within close to each other. So that's wild. But the conjunction happens and then um, basically you feel its effects for a while. I think they're going to hang out. They're slow moving planets. So they're going to be. Yeah, hanging- that's what I was wondering because I'm like, I feel like it would take them a long time to even pass each other because they are both slow moving planets. Plus they're also massive. So yeah, I think they, I think it's going to be a while. I don't know exactly for how long they're going to be that close in degree, but they're going to hang out for a while um in Aquarius and it's been a while since these planets have been in any kind of air sign yeah so kind of a big deal lots of big changes and when you look at you know we've talked about um Jupiter and Saturn quite a bit but you know the energy of Jupiter is growth philosophy higher knowledge expansion and Saturn is about rules restriction structure life lessons kind of the the tangible world basically whereas Jupiter will go more into like philosophy and stuff like that. So again, a balancing of two energies. And when we look at where that's happening in Aquarius, when we talk about innovation and stuff like that, a lot of astrologers believe that this marks the coming of the age of Aquarius. A of Aquarius, but uh, it's you know, <laughs> we've been in the age of Pisces for a while now. There's a lot of like very contradicting astrological data about what age we're actually in and the exact age or anything like that. Um, there's different ways to observe it, but a lot of astrologers believe that this is it because because this conjunction, this kind of conjunction, happens only every twenty years. It usually kind of sets the precedent for the next two decades and for that generation and everything like that. So, you know, last time they met was in 2000 and then kind of set the tone. So, you know, we're kind of looking now at the very last energy portal of the year. We're looking now at, you know, everything kind of leading up to this. And this is This is kind of letting go of all the old shit and reconstructing old barriers and like rebuilding everything. And Aquarius is an air sign, which means it's it's fast. Um, And Aquarius is one of the only signs in the Zodiac that's a human, right? There's also Gemini and Virgo. Um, So it will deal with more human things. So the internet is actually heavily associated with Aquarius and like telecommunication, I'm not surprised right yeah so it'll be interesting to observe what kind of goes down um but I was reading a, an astrology blog I think it was Chani Nicholas who called this time period right now emotional exfoliation at the end of the year which I oh. really liked and was she referring to like 
every end of every year is like emotional exfoliation or like specifically this year? I think specifically these, this sequence of events, Yeah, you know, where you have the lunar, where all the healing is happening. Then you have the solar. Sorry. I just love that, that idea of like emotional exfoliation. Yeah. I like that too. I mean, I love talking about my feelings. So, (laughs) you know, we're all about that. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I thought, you know, and it's also happening like where the conjunction is happening, right? Each astrological sign um, on the wheel is divided into degrees. So it's happening at zero degrees in Aquarius, which means a completely new beginning. That's kind of the symbol for that. Very cool. Completely fresh slate, completely new beginning. So I don't know if it's a good beginning, a bad beginning, um, but it's a time will tell, right? (laughs) Exactly. Time will tell, um, but it's kind of cool to glean into stuff like that and just try to scry a little bit and see what goes down. There's a lot of like really cool stuff happening in the sky right now. I, uh, I like that all of that is like really intense and obviously super on brand for the two of us because we love paying attention to all of this stuff. But like even on a on more of like an astronomy side of things, been noticing like I you know, we always get articles sent to like that pop up on your phone. You open up Google and your phone is like based off of everything you've been reading lately, you'll probably enjoy this article. Mm-hmm. Out of nowhere the other day, Google suggested I read an article about a flaming ball of fire in the sky and I was like I mean I haven't been reading things about this but I am interested it just like set off a pattern I guess with my phone maybe I don't know but I just started constantly being notified of like random sightings of shooting stars and things like that and there was one that really jumped out to me uh, a few days ago because there was one that was seen over Gifu Pre- Prefecture in Japan at about 1.35 in the morning by a guy. He recorded it. And it is the brightest shooting star I've ever seen to the point where they were like, no, 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 that was, um, they actually, I wrote it down. It, it's called a ball-eyed fireball. It was so bright that the brightness is comparable to when the moon is in its full moon cycle. And the pictures that they had posted online, they were crazy bright. And then I woke up this morning and I had more articles being directed at me. It was like more sightings of shooting stars and things like that, that have been seen even in the last couple days. That fireball over Japan was seen on November 28th at 1.35 AM Japan time. And then at some point in the night on November 28th in Germany, there was a another fireball shooting star sighting that lasted about five to seven seconds that professionals believe that it wasn't just an asteroid fragment, which is like what's really common with, with when you see shooting stars, they are just asteroid fragments. Um, And uh, you know, conspiracy theory, Sam got really intrigued by it because I was like, what, what's with all these, these shooting star sightings, especially at the end of this year, right? If it was happening middle of August, it would make sense because that's when there is a meteor shower that happens every year, like basically on the nose of August 12th, right? There is a like fireball shooting star registry basically that you can look up because I was like, I need to know if we're seeing more this year than we've ever seen, which we are. Yeah. Uh, in the last, I, I just compared the last three years. Um, so in 2017, there were 638 sightings of shooting stars around the world. In 2018, there were 609. 
Mm-hmm. And in 2019, there were 708. As of today, in 2020, there have been 714. So it's not a dramatic jump from 2019, but there was quite a dramatic jump from 2018 to 2019. Um, but at the same time, we're also not done this year yet. So, yeah. I mean, who knows how many more we're going to see by the end of this year. I'm like very curious, you know, come January 1st, 2021 to go back to this website and see because, you know, I believe in aliens. So <laughs> the moment I see these things, I'm just like, it's aliens. It's aliens. Whether they actually want to interact with us or not, it's aliens. Oh my God. Why would they want to hang out with us? They would just- They don't. They definitely don't. an alien hovering over earth, I'd be like, ew. I I mean, honest to God, I feel like that's actually what they're thinking. Like when you look at all the stuff that Bob Lazar has has told us, I'm just like, no, they know to not come here. They know to just like let us fester in our own filth. And one day we'll wipe ourselves off the face of this planet and they can move into our- beautiful lush greenery and whatever and and just kind of slide right in there with no uh there will be no fire because we'll be gone <laughs> cool story sam i love it sorry <laughs> the wine's the wine setting in <laughs> my fam has entered the chat oh my god they really took our fucking jobs didn't they? <laughs> okay, i want my job back I want to come to work, work 12 hours in my motherfucking mask and clean the toilet for you. That's all yeah. I want to do. Stop giving me all this time to look up alien conspiracy theories. <laughs> I hope Doug Ford gets to hear this episode to see what he has done to the yeah. millennial youth of today. <laughs> what have you created? Look at the monster you've created. Oh my God. Doug Ford, you fucked up, bud. Yeah. Um, he's a Scorpio, by the way. Uh, and <laughs> actually he had to make that announcement on his birthday his birthday was november 20th I'm oh like, i thought you meant he had to make an announcement being like i am a scorpio yes <laughs> like, right, everybody, hey folks <laughs> i hate to do this you know i hate to do this but i am a scorpio i am a scorpio you're all gonna have to stay home yeah. um but yeah, so actually, um, we were just kind of browsing the interwebs and looking up and astrology apps and stuff like that. And we just kind of wanted to go through all the signs and just give a few, like a sentence or two of just some kind of general advice to get through this weird time period. Why are you laughing, Sam? Sam's fucking holding. Just pouring myself another glass of wine, but my wine is right beside the mic. So I'm like, I can no idea if someone's going to hear you talking. And then also hear the wine. Anyway, sorry. Go on. Are you doing ASMR in the podcast? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Wine ASMR. That's what I'm up to these days. Um, so yeah, drunk Sam and I are going to give you guys some astrological advice. So buckle the fuck up and get ready. Um, <laughs> as we go through the signs, drunk Sam is also going to um, just kind of break down each sign a little bit because we've, we've realized that we've kind of through this podcast getting up to episode five, like we've talked about some signs heavily and others not at all. So we want everyone to be fucking seen and heard today as we go into this, you know, healing period at the end of the year. Mutable uh, mutable signs are going to feel, uh, especially the new lunar eclipse, the most. And um, 
Mutable signs are, um, it's basically another category. The signs are divided into um, air, earth, like into the elements. So air, earth, fire, or water. Um, but they're also divided into mutable, uh, cardinal, and fixed. So um, cardinal signs kick off the seasons. Fixed signs retain and build the energy of the season. And then uh, mutable signs perfect it and then release it and clear the way for new, for the new season to come. So our mutable signs are Gemini, Virgo, Sagittarius, and Pisces. And that's if, if that's in your big three as well, your, your moon or your rising sign, you will be feeling that as well. Just because you're more receptive to that energy, because you're just more receptive to, to energy in general, you're just more likely to absorb energy than kind of resist it the way um, a fixed sign would. But yeah, so the mutable signs, you're going to feel this the most um, fixed signs, which is uh, fellow Aquarians like me, that's also Leo, um, Taurus and Scorpio we're going to be a little bit more resistant to change just because we're kind of start as you mean to go on type of personalities. And then cardinal signs are either going to be super resistant to this energy because they have their own fucking idea laid out already, or they're going to totally jump on this change and, and propel it and use it to really start something new going into, especially like the solar cliffs. So yeah, yeah. They, the cardinal signs kind of try, like they own it, right? Like they, yeah. yeah. You know, and maybe, maybe if you're like a not super evolved um, cardinal sign, you might just be like, no, no, yeah. you know, I, I've already started. I've already, you know, I, I'm already on to something here. Don't tell me what to do. I don't want to deal with it. Or you might just be like, this is what I've needed this whole time. I'm going yeah. for it and really like go zero to a hundred. Yeah. For this. So keeping that in mind, we just want to, um, yeah, we just want to give a few little words of advice about what's going on. So Aries, um, and do you want to like have a, a few words about Aries, Sam? So I like, when I was looking up some stuff, so Aries are like March 21st to April 19th yeah. kind of thing. And also bear in mind that different things online will tell you different dates where people are. And that's where you usually end up getting people calling themselves cusps, you know, it can be debated when exactly the first day or the last day of, you know, Aries or Taurus or whatever is. Cusps aren't real. Cusps aren't real, everybody. We can go, we can get into that in another episode. Yeah. I mean, also my opinion is also that cusps aren't real, but I still like to pretend because it makes for fun discussions. And I, I want to start a fight. Cusps aren't real. DM me. <laughs> fight. I'm ready to fight. I have a lot of free time. <laughs> Um, uh, okay so with Aries um Aries element is fire well, anybody who really knows an Aries probably isn't surprised to learn that their symbol is the ram cardinal sign because they do start uh they start the season um and cardinal signs are these these leaders these idea people um mm -hmm. who initiate plans and ideas Aries ruling planet is Mars yeah. and it's always important to keep in mind what the ruling planet of your sign is because when something is happening with that planet you're going to be impacted more so than other people mm. so you know when mars was retrograde somebody who was an who is an aries sun they're going to feel the mars retrograde at a at a more intense level than somebody who who doesn't have mars as one of their big three planets and then 
the other thing I made a note of is polarity and polarity is kind of polarity comes into play because it, it, and the way I interpret it and Anya, correct me if you, if you've interpreted it differently, but um, the way I interpreted polarity was kind of about almost this extroversion versus introversion side of, of signs. And so you can either have a positive polarity or a negative polarity. And if you have a positive polarity, you tend to be, yeah, more extroverted, um, more of an active uh, person. Exactly. Yeah. Self-expressive. Your energy is, is more outwards than inwards. And so if you have a negative polarity, it's not a negative thing. It's just that you are more of an introverted person. Yeah. More of your energy comes from, from inside. And so Aries have a positive polarity, which makes sense because they do tend to be trailblazers. They, they're quite passionate people. Yeah. Um, they have a very independent and competitive side, which always made me laugh because when I found out I'm an Aries rising and I was like, oh, Aries have a competitive side. Oh, never saw that coming. Uh, I, <laughs> yeah. I have many, uh, not many, but I have quite a few Aries or like heavy Aries placements in my life because like I have no fire in my chart. I will remind you all again. So I need to get it externally from the people around me. So I'm very drawn to that like super direct, like get her done. Aries energy. I absolutely love it. Shout out to all the Aries in my life listening to this. You're all cute. And the message that we have for you is just be 100% open to this experience, you little cardinal feckers, and <laughs> just express your true feelings. Aries, it's the first house of astrology. So it's all about individual expression. So Really express how you feel in the real time. Don't think too much about the future or the past. Whatever you're feeling, don't be afraid to be present with it and to express it, even if it stirs a little bit of drama. It's necessary at this time. So just go for it, Aries, okay? Um, Aries have a very, like, I don't give a fuck attitude. So I feel like they could embrace the, like, if there is going to be some drama, I'm just going to roll with that yeah. too. Exactly. It's like an, I said what I said type of thing for Aries during this, um, totally. this time. And then our Taurian friends, the Tauruses, we have, we talked just a tiny bit about, but Taurus is a fixed sign. So they're going to be more um, the sustainers, the stabilizers. They're going to be the, the workers. It's like April 20th to May 20th, right? Yeah. Starts on 420. Ayo. It's almost 420. It works well because their element is Earth. Mm -hmm. And And their their ruling planet is Venus, which is the planet of love, which is very interesting because I didn't realize this about Tauruses, but I guess I should have, is that they are quite pleasure-seeking people. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're very, very hardworking. Yes. uh, But they are also very pleasure seeking. It's kind of like, I almost got this feeling of like, the more I was reading things is like, you know, work hard, play hard almost. Yeah, definitely. And, and Tauruses are like, they're a really cool sign because they, they very much deal with like tangible things and things in this real world in this material plane. So Taurus is like really like to build nice things. And it's funny because when we were talking to Rebecca on episode three, she's a Taurus moon and something that I um, kind of forgot to say to her and I was kicking myself after 
was that, you know, uh, especially when it's your moon sign, that's kind of like your emotional calling to do something. And as a Taurus moon, it totally makes sense that her emotional calling was to build something tangible, like open a hair salon, like, and, and they're, totally. they're Venus ruled, you know, they deal with beauty and adornment. They often really like jewelry and earrings and stuff like that. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so Rebecca, you know, she literally out of her heart, built this beauty, you know, hair salon. Yeah. So I feel like everybody, every single Taurus I know is, are are people that I look at and they want good quality things. Like everybody wants good quality things, but like, it's so much more obvious in anybody I know who has a Taurus in their big three. My mom has it. My, my dude has Taurus in his big three. And one of my really good girlfriends uh, who actually is getting into industrial design so she's making good quality things, right? Yeah. Like I, I just like all of them, like, of course you're all, you've got Taurus in your big three. Like, mm-hmm. look at you, look at you go. Absolutely. And Tauruses will be, um, they're very much like a grounding person to have in your life. So they're, they're all, they're always like the, the old trustee in their friend group. They're, they're oh. someone that you can kind of go to and they'll they'll help you out because they they have a basic understanding of what you need to do or they can give you some kind of f- foundational real tangible in this world advice right um so our advice thing, sorry go well, ahead. one thing i i saw when i was reading about what Taurus is that they some somebody had written that they consider them to be the anchor of the zodiac and i was ah. like that's a really nice way to kind of describe Tauruses. they are kind of like that anchor that that mm. person you can count on Absolutely. Um, so totally, they, they really, they're all about being present in their bodies. Absolutely. So for Taurians, for Taurians right now, our Taurus says, guys, just, um, do things for yourself to stay, to keep your, yourself feeling secure. So Taurus will often, like I just said, give things to people to help them feel secure. You like 100% need to do that for yourself. So if you need to kind of fiddle around with some funds or get like uh, apartment insurance or whatever it is that you need to do to make yourself feel safe and grounded in this like material plane, um, do it. It's going to be a really good way for you to deal with the big changes coming. It's having that set of security. After Taurus, we have a sign we haven't talked about at all once. Yeah, not enough at least. As as a Gemini, I could say, I don't feel like we've talked about Gemini's enough. (laughs) Yeah, that is Gemini, our mutable air sign. Which is hilarious. I remember before I even knew what mutable and cardinal and fixed was or whatever, and I found out Gemini's were mutable. I'm like, bitch, you can't make me shut up. (laughs) (laughs) And then I realized what mutable actually meant. I was like, okay, that makes more sense. Gemini wraps up the spring and releases that energy to go into the summer energy. Um, and it kind of makes sense because Geminis are very adaptable, very um, quick witted, very just fast in general. Their attention span is very short. They're all, they have a million tabs open. They're always doing something. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, so, you know, it kind of makes sense for them to be mutable, to be, they kind of perfect. And then they're just like, bye, what's next? Okay. I'm bored. Let's go. Yeah. They're very, yeah. They're very forward thinking. Like one thing that I, I, see constantly that comes up is like this warning to other signs if you're going to date a gemini like beware they get bored easily kind yeah. of thing right yeah. that, that that doesn't necessarily make us 
not loyal in a relationship, but it does mean like they get bored easily. So like if you guys have fallen into a routine, it'll quickly feel like a rut to a Gemini and they'll be like, I need something different. I need, I'm on to the next. Um, Like if you can't keep up, then I'll see you later. Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk too much about Gemini because we've talked about Gemini so much. Yeah, we talk about Gemini's even more as we go on. So don't you worry. I feel like you guys get the gist of it, but um, it's a mutable air sign. And our little bit of advice is to Gemini, you need to stop talking a little bit and (laughs) easier said than done, but um, not stop talking as in stop expressing yourself, but sometimes you need to stop the internal chatter you know, and maybe the external chatter too, and really, really take this time to actually fully listen very deeply and actively listen to your own self and prioritize your own needs, those subconscious needs over absolutely everything else. You heard that, Sam? (laughs) I I did. I heard it. I heard it. You know, so just, just, this is the time to only listen to yourself and not to get diluted in the chatter. And then once that Gemini energy is released, that spring energy is released, we have the cardinal sign of cancer and water kicking off the summer, the crab. Yeah, the crab. And and then with a negative polarity. So um, another, another sign that has like, that kind of comes inwards um, for its energy. Its ruling planet is not even a planet. It is the moon. It's the moon. <laughs> which is very nice. So, which also means that, you know, cancer, cancerians are, are more impacted by the lunar cycle than other signs. Um, yeah. Because it is their, their ruling quote unquote planet. Um, yeah. But they are these very highly imaginative, highly, highly sensitive. It is a very highly imaginative, highly sensitive sign it's considered to be the emotional heart of the zodiac mm-hmm. you know cancer is kind of known to be more in tune with their emotions than within other signs i'm a double cancer because i'm a cancer rising and a cancer moon so i'm definitely like a moon child and cancers are the when when you look at what cancer is it's it's the crab so it's this primordial water creature coming out of like you know, still water onto earth. Um, It's a very, very emotional, very sensitive sign and still water acts like a mirror. So cancers are very empathetic and they're very good at reflecting other people's emotions back at them. So they're quite good at telling you what you need to hear, which makes a lot of people drawn to them. And they're this crab that has this hard armor on the outside, right? This hard shell and then this soft, mushy underbelly and this soft, tender crab meat. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, inside of them. So they're kind of like a big softy on the outside. But because of that, they might heavily armor themselves, whether that's visually physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, you know, but there, there is a little bit of a barrier with cancers because they are so, so, so sensitive that it hurts to be right. I feel that's a cancer moon. I can attest to that. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We, we have a lot in common because of our cancer moon and our air suns as well. But for cancers, this is, you're really going to feel this. If you're a double cancer, like me, like, whoo, it's going to be something, something, but it, you know, you're, you're in for some really deep subconscious healing. So 
you just have to soak up this lunar energy and whatever it throws at you. If you need to cry your fucking face off, then that's what you have to do. If you have to break some cycles, if you have to confront some really, really difficult things about yourself, you're just going to have to do it. There's no getting out of it. That healing is happening, but because you are a moon child, that healing becomes a little bit easier. It it is almost like a second nature. So it can still be painful, but it's still of that second nature. So just hang in there. It's going to be okay. And then cancer moves into the fixed sign of Leo for the summer, stabilizing that sun energy. And they're a fire sign, aren't they, Sam? They are a fire sign, yes. And they are a fixed sign. So they are very like, steadfast in their ways a little bit as well right yeah and they love self-expression they love to be witnessed they love to be um seen as an authority and as some like as a go-to person for something actually i was reading about leo somewhere and it said theater kid energy And I feel like that's all that needs to be said, but they're very cat-like, you know, and it's funny because yeah. I'm, I'm locked down with my Leo husband and my cat and they're just so similar, just the way they do things, you know, like the way they conserve energy, but then they'll just like get bursts of energy throughout the day and how they can be standoffish with some people, but always, but everyone wants to be around them constantly because they have that like charisma because they're ruled by the sun. Yeah. And I, I would imagine that's a very yang energy. Are they a positive sign, Sam? Yeah, they are. They are a positive yeah. polarity sign for sure. Yeah. Sure. So I don't, I don't like talking about Leos too much. I have, I'm a little salty about Leos. I don't have great experiences with Leos. So I'm like, I'll let you, t- I'll let you take this one because otherwise I'm just going to say, things like I'm like they're selfish and egotistical and arrogant and inflexible and uh <laughs> that's my two cents about Leos <laughs> oh, yeah you know what it's funny how, how the world can uh you know your experiences in this world with different sides can definitely turn you off some of them but uh Leo's definitely an unevolved Leo can be extremely egotistical and self-serving and very like narcissistic like look at me energy so we, you know, 110%, right. They're like me, 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 but also they can be very, very loyal, very courageous. Um, I'm sure we're going to get Dave on an episode here one day and you can feel all the Leo energy. I will say one more thing when I'm like, Dave, we finally came up with a name for the podcast, Gemini placements. He's like, you're not a Gemini. Why? <laughs> Sam's the Gemini. Why is it named after her? It should be also named <laughs> after you. <laughs> so protective i love it i'm like okay mr leo placements get out of here um but all our leos listening it's time to find your community tighten your inner circle surround yourself with people who support your goals and ambitions so stop fucking around with people that make you feel less than with people who don't believe you and the grant and your grandiose ideas just stick to the people that do support you right now and, you know, just, just chill with your ride or dies, cut out the bullshit and uh, respect your ride or dies. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sam's ex. <laughs> yourself. And then after that, we go into the mutable Virgo, the, the virgin, which I feel like this sign is very, um, 
misunderstood because they're not talking about a virgin as in someone who's never had sex. They're talking about one of the maidens. Uh, I can't remember. What is her name? Astra? Asteria? Oh, yes. I was just reading about this too. She like, it. so it was like, from what I understand, the summary of the story I read about this goddess, I can't remember her name either, but she came, she just, you know, finally decided to like get down off her cloud and come hang out on earth. And she was essentially just this very pure mm-hmm. goddess who was looking to find other wholesome, pure, well-meaning, well-intentioned humans. Um, she was the last of the immortals. Um, she was the last immortal on earth before they fled to Mount Olympus in Greek mythology. Oh, very cool. So she was still connecting with people. She still wanted to stay and help people and yeah. amongst them and be amongst art and beautiful things, you know, and everyone else was like, no, nah, no, nah, we're going to our God mountain peace. She was like, no, nah, I want to chill with these guys. They're super nice. But we weren't. <laughs> we're not nice. <laughs> And, uh, and Virgo's ruled uh, by Mercury as well, just like Gemini. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be a planet, uh, sorry, it's going to be a sign that really is discerning with when it comes to processing information. So what that means is whereas Gemini is just like generating information and learning, Virgo is more like classifying it and, you know. Analyzing it and organizing and all that kind of stuff. Beyonce is such a... I like grade a like uh, study of what a Virgo is like hardworking, you know, analytical, you know, a little bit of a perfectionist, yeah. very sophisticated, very like in tune to the small details of things. Absolutely. And I, I have very few Virgos in my life, but the ones that I do, it's funny. They're, they're like my Barbie dolls. I I have a few Virgos in my life and I'm just like, you're so like pretty and like you always look clean and shiny. <laughs> like, I don't like know. There's just, yeah, there's just something about them that they're always just look so polished, you know, because they're 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 so put together. They put so much effort into um, those kinds of things. But they can also be such a perfectionist where they, they don't apply themselves as well. That can kind of bite them in the ass sometimes. But once I know someone's a Virgo, I'm like, oh my God, that makes total sense. I love them. They're a great sign. But our advice to the Virgos is keep going, keep pushing. If you're working on a project right now and you're succeeding and you feel like you're boasting, keep boasting because people are paying attention and you're on their radar. So just, just keep going, keep pushing. You're going to reap some rewards. I think the solar eclipse will be something really, really good for Virgos. And because they're mutable, they are going to get some shit done during the lunar eclipse. So yeah, they'll be able to adapt well, right? Exactly. You're going to be able to adapt and you're going to be able to succeed during the solar eclipse. So that's pretty cool. And then we go into the Cardinal Libra after we're going into the fall. I have a special place in my heart for Libras because apparently they're like the one sign that's like a great match for Geminis. And Uh, it's very hard to find somebody who's even supposed to be remotely close to a Gemini. Libras are great. Libras are, are, they're very necessary. They're a very necessary sign in the world. Their symbol is the scales in in terms of like the scales of, of, they are known to kind of, be better at seeing both sides of a story, mediating situations between people, more of like a diplomatic person. I think about 
probably the most one of the most predominant Libras in my life. Um, when I think about her, she's very, very good at analyzing both sides of the situation. Like yeah. I remember back in 2016 when Trump was elected and everybody around me was basically being like, how could this happen? How could this happen? And my girlfriend, who is not a Trumper by any stretch of the imagination, was like, well, let me tell you how this could happen if you just fucking paid attention to the other side and like all of their concerns. And it's not about people not wanting to respect human rights. It's more about, you know, what their concerns were. She comes from a a blue collar upbringing as well. So she's been very good at explaining to people around us who aren't from blue collar upbringings, the kinds of things that these people in these economic situations talk about and pay attention to and and that sort of thing. And I think she's like a very, very good example of a Libra being like, you know, there's a, there's a balance to everything and we need to find that, find that middle ground and that sort of thing. For sure. And Libra's Venus ruled as well as Taurus. So because they're ruled by Venus, they're always going to be like, that's the planet of love relationships, but also just harmony and beauty. Mm -hmm. Libras are always going to find beauty in things and they're going to always want to create like a harmonious kind of peaceful aesthetic or a peaceful friendship. So they are, they're the peacekeepers of the Zodiac. So we need you right now. Uh, Yeah. Call out to all Libras. We need that energy. Just keep sending it forward. But right now, during this time, what's really important for Libras is to find a happy place between adventure and daily responsibility. Right now, it's really painful because there's a lot of ugly things going on in this world. But you have to remember that you have the ability to find beauty and to create beauty in the mundane. Mm, Yeah. So, um, yeah, so just keep doing what you're doing, Libras. You're a really important energy that the world needs right now. Just, um, just, you know, keep, keep those scales swinging for yourself and, and find yourself unaffected. Yeah. You know, that self-care is a huge thing because the only way that you're going to keep everything balanced is by doing the self-care. Because I think that's also something that Libras tend to also struggle with as well is, mm-hmm. is boundaries and self-care. So, I mean, if you're not, if you're not, you know, paying attention to what your own boundaries are and, you know, investing in your own self-care, uh, then you're not going to be able to give it back. One thing I've always, I've said for years is you can't pour from an empty cup. For sure. And I think that that's extremely important for Libras to, to pay attention to. And then we go into the fixed Scorpio right after in the fall. We've, we've talked about Scorpios quite a bit. Uh, basically an episode for you bitches <laughs> yeah yeah that's episode two so you guys can go back and listen to yeah. extensively we're just not going to say anything else you just just listen to episode two yeah that's enough <laughs> for your big fucking scorpio egos okay <laughs> but uh but they are uh ruled by pluto and scorpios uh tend to be very very private And uh, because they're a fixed sign, sometimes a little bit resistant to change. Um, So now is a really important time for Scorpios to make amends, to deal with all of their emotional baggage, clear out all those skeletons in the closet. You know, maybe there's somebody you own an apology to. Maybe there's something that you started at the beginning of the year that you really need to finish up. Maybe there's an unanswered text hanging in there. Whatever it is that you need to do, you know what it is and you must do it. So you start the new year with a fresh slate after this big conjunction and after this year finally fucking ends. So just clear it out completely and make amends. Okay. 
And then we go into the lovely mutable Sagittarius. We're in Sagittarius season right now. We talked about a little bit about that last, uh, last episode. Shout out to uh shout out to Sagittarius season. Yeah. Loving it. Makes me go crazy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, and they're, uh, they're a mutable fire sign. What a lot of people don't realize about Sagittarians, I think is, is that they're mutable, you know? So because they're a fire sign, they're going to be more, uh, still like more direct. They're going to have that like flaming forward energy, but they're also very, um, they are quite adaptable, quite forward thinking. Yeah. That was, yeah, it was funny because when I was like looking up a lot of stuff about Sagittarius, I was like, there are so many similarities to Gemini in with Sagittarius and they are, what's that? I don't remember what the term is, but they're, they're like the opposites of each other in the Zodiac. They have very similar vibes to Gemini. Um, and they, they do kind of those two signs feed off of each other. You know, Sagittarius are very adventurous, creative, open-hearted, big-spirited kinds of people. Mm-hmm. And and that's exactly the kind of vibe that a Gemini is going to be drawn to, right? You know, you don't yeah. want to, you, you've got the Gemini who never wants to be bored. And you've got the Sagittarius who's always down for an adventure. Yeah, they're very thrill-seeking. So they could just like enable each other forever. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love the Sagittarius energy Two two people that I'm very close to in my life have the same birthday. Um, actually it's on the day that this episode will probably come out. So if you're listening today, happy birthday, you know who you are. We love yeah. you. We love you very much. But Sagittarians, you guys need to deal with some commitment issues during this time. And it, <laughs> might, it might not necessarily be in a romantic relationship, but It might be the difficulty to commit to a new way of doing things, to commit to uh, maybe a a new ritual or a new method or whatever it is, but it's time to accept and let these new ideas flow in and to allow your sense of adventure and your quest for knowledge and meaning to guide you through any change coming your way. I thought that's some, that's some pretty sound advice. I'm going to take some yeah. advice for myself, to be honest. I don't like that. have much Sagittarius in me. <laughs> um, and then we go into the Cardinal Capricorn. Oh, we've talked about Capricorn a bit here and there. I like to piss Capricorns off because they're like, yeah, we know. Because it's so easy to piss a Capricorn off. <laughs> <laughs> it's too easy. But honestly, one of my absolute best friends in this whole world um, is a Capricorn. And this is someone that any time in my life I needed to get called out for being a dumbass, he has called me out and it has made me a better person. So he will never listen yeah. to this podcast because he thinks it's stupid. And he's told me because um, that's what Capricorns <laughs> will do. <laughs> But he I have a I have a very love hate relationship with Capricorns. I like one of my closest girlfriends is a Capricorn, and she's the same way. She calls me on my shit, mm-hmm. even when it's like not a comfortable situation. She's like, "I'm just fucking gonna do it because this is what you need to hear." Very blunt. Very like that's the know, cardinal the- energy in them, right? They're totally they're, yeah that yeah initiatory energy where they're like, you know what? I'm gonna have to be the person. That tells you you're a fucking moron. It's going to have yeah. to be me. They're like, I accept. But sometimes, sometimes I feel like it's misdirected. And this is why I have a love-hate relationship with Capricorns is because I dated a Capricorn once. And it was 
a hot fiery mess Me too. and the <laughs> honest to god the relationship lasted a month and it was a fucking roller coaster and this guy turned around at the end and basically tried to father me and was like, these are all the things you need to do with your life. Not even like, Hey Sam, what are your goals for life? What are your, this, what are your, that? And I just like that really put like a sour taste in my mouth for Capricorns, maybe just Capricorn, not Capricorn men, because like, you know, I know the guy you're talking about as well Anya, and I absolutely adore him too. But I think that sometimes Capricorns need to be careful about like, when they are sharing their opinions on how somebody needs to live their life, because sometimes you just come across as descendant, condescending. And that is something that, that is a a negative trait that can be associated with Capricorns is that they can be condescending. Uh, They will hold people to impossible standards and then shit on them when they don't meet those impossible standards. And uh, it's a very hard um, blend of energy, Capricorn and Gemini, because Gemini is just so like, I'm this, now I'm this, now I'm this, now I'm doing this, now I'm thinking this. And Capricorn is very like, I am materializing things in the physical world. What the fuck are you doing? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Like they're very much about accomplishing things. A lot of them will try to seek fame um, or try to seek recognition in this world. Okay. And that goes for whether that's your rising or moon as well. If it's, if you've got Capricorn in your big three, you're um, always going to want to have your accomplishments witnessed by other people, not in the way that a Leo would, where people are like, wow, look at him go, but for you to have validity and you end up projecting that onto others for sure. Um, but they're an earth and they're an earth sign. So they have to, they have to build in this world. Um, but it can be a really, really reliable and grounding person for someone to have in their life. So yeah, as chaotic as a Gemini or an Aquarius or like a Sagittarius, you know, if you're a bit of a shit show, sometimes that Capricorn can be good, but sometimes you're like, just not ready or they're, they're not ready to give out that kind of advice basically. But, but I'm going to give you some advice, Capricorn, how you like them apples. Uh, (laughs) It's time to stop multitasking. Okay. You can't, you cannot do everything. You like, you just can't get everything done at once. So it's very important to take a time out and to take a breather before you start working and to work with intention instead of haste do you think they'll (laughs) listen no (laughs) no you're a cardinal sign of course they're not going to listen or I don't know (laughs) always talking shit um but then (laughs) and then we move into the fixed um sign of Aquarius in the winter and we even though I'm an Aquarius we haven't talked about Aquarius that much no we haven't and that's because I don't like people knowing my fucking business (laughs) (laughs) typical Aquarius bullshit um, Aquarians are, um, so we're a fixed, uh, air sign. So a lot of people will see Aquarius, will perceive an Aquarius as someone like very easygoing and very like eccentric. We're kind of like the weirdos, the aliens march to the beat of their own drum of the Zodiac, but Aquarians are actually quite, um, stubborn. And even though they have a very, strange and unconventional way of seeing the world they're quite fucking set in it so it's like we have a hard time like we're like I I see where you're coming from I totally understand it subjectively um sorry objectively but I don't care 
because I already know that I'm right. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds about right. Sounds about, sounds like someone we know. So (laughs) there is that duality to an Aquarius where you'll be like, oh my God, this person's so like easy to get along with. And then you'll say something and they're like, uh, what the fuck is wrong with you? That is so wrong. And it'll throw you off. And you're like, where did that come from? But Aquarius is known for being quite detached and not very in tune with their emotional center because they're very cerebral, uh, like the other air signs, Libra and Gemini. So my advice to all the fellow Aquarians out there is um, all this stress and intensity coming your way. The best way for you to kind of offset it is to find things that bring you joy. So maybe that could be something that uh, getting back into hobbies creative expression and trying to remember what was it that you liked doing as a kid, you know, maybe some inner child healing needs to go down in this time and remembering like fun activities. Um, So I I'm kind of feeling that because I've been pretty creative, even though I've been pretty bummed during this time. Yeah, you have been, you've been like very like on top of like, how do I keep myself busy? How do I keep myself busy in like ways that I'm going to actually enjoy and feel engaged in? I've been like very stoked to be watching what you've done even in the last week. And I'm like, damn, I feel like an asshole because I've just been drunk all week. <laughs> Gosh, no, it's just, um, it's just the way I'm keeping, you know, everyone has a different way of coping. Um, this is the way. Yeah, this is my way. So, and that's my way. Okay. My <laughs> big old Aquarian way. Um, and the last but not least at all, and this is a sign we haven't mentioned even once in the podcast, so we're sorry. Um, the wonderful mutable water sign Pisces, which ends the zodiac. Yeah. And Pisces are very um they're very they're very, very sensitive sign, very much a flexible, adaptable open-minded and like emotionally no I wouldn't say open but they're very emotionally connected if that makes yeah. sense yeah totally emotionally like an emotionally sensitive kind of well because they're also ruled by Neptune right which yeah. is like what kind of plays into that and they're very um they're very intuitive they're very connected, often like naturally quite connected to the divine. Um, and what I mean by that is before I get too wooey is just spirituality can sometimes come very naturally to a Pisces, even if they don't identify theistically with anything like little spiritual practices, whether they're, you know, they're just automatically more drawn to like mindfulness or Ayurveda or whatever it is, you know, that, that resonates with them. They're just going to be very naturally instinctively drawn to it as opposed to actually seeking it. It finds them. I have a Pisces mom. So I really feel that a lot of spiritual healers, a lot of um, people that are connected, people in religion are Pisces. Um, a lot of famous astrologers are Pisces as well. Walter Mercado was a Pisces. So they're just very kind of dreamy people. They kind of live in their own little fishy, fishy world. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And which, which is also something that, you know, Pisces also needs to be aware of too, because sometimes they can spend too much time in their own heads. Yeah. And that can be like a big setback for them is, is they kind of, you know, they get stuck in their head, they get lost in their head. They need to kind of like ground themselves and check themselves, bring themselves back to, you know, check in with your friends, that sort of thing. And just be like, 
you know, if, if you are getting lost in your head and thinking all kinds of things, you know, they might not be true. You just need to like check in with people and whatever. Sounding board. The, the Pisces, some of the Pisces that I know are very emotionally sensitive people who care very deeply about their friends and their family, um, like very, very deeply. Um, but they can get stuck in their own head and it can be hard for them to, to also approach somebody and ask for help and support themselves, mm-hmm. for, like for themselves, right? Like you dated a Pisces, didn't you? yes i did like no comment yeah yes yes i did that was uh that was a whole that was a really interesting a really interesting uh relationship in some ways good in in some ways bad we gotta do an episode of all the signs we dated in our experiences i think that would be really fun um i do too i do too I'm just, it's literally just going to be me roasting a bunch of astrological signs. Yeah. 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 Total takedown. So if you're a glutton for punishment, you'll yeah. add an upcoming episode, but, um, or, yeah, or you just want to hear about the chaos of everything I've dated. <laughs> pretty much. I haven't been in many relationships, but, uh, but I can contribute and I can throw in all the toxic friends I've made along the way. Um, Yo. but, uh, cause they count too. They do. Uh, but uh, yeah, so we'll end with our little bit of advice to all of the Pisces. Build yourself a safe, loving and nurturing little haven. So you need to do little things to make yourself feel safe and comfortable. So unlike the advice that we gave to Taurus, where you need to secure yourself in this material world by like, you know, making sure your RSP is all good, whatever. For Pisces, it's more like, like make yourself your favorite soup, maybe watch a movie from your childhood, like get yourself a new, you know, set of sweatpants and just like remind yourself with little things around you that you are completely safe. And that's how you will navigate this time because Pisces is mutable. So it's really going to feel that energy coming from the lunar eclipse. So just brace yourself and put on some sweatpants and you're going to be okay. The year is almost over. Yeah. Yeah. So that was everybody. We did all the 12 signs. I feel like this is 500 hours long now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't care. I've got no job. (laughs) Yeah. We have no job. So time doesn't exist anymore. You know, such a, such a difficult year. I can't, I can't even imagine where everyone's at and how everybody's doing. Um, But if you've made it this far in this year, then you're doing amazing. What's that? What's that other cliche quote that everybody always quotes? You've survived a hundred percent of your bad days so far. Yeah, yeah, you really have, and I think it's super important to remember, you know, where you were a few years ago and where you are now. For me, I always have to remember, like, how would I have handled this year, you know, three, four years ago, or at this stage of my life, or that point, totally. you know, in my whatever. Yeah journey through whatever it is I'm fucking journeying through, you know, and I look back and I'm like, I wouldn't have handled it so well. I would, I wouldn't have done this. I wouldn't have gotten into this, you know? So it's, it's important to remember where your starting point is or where those middle points are and know that this still isn't the end. You're still going to grow and only improve as a human being. Yep. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you just have to trust that like things are going to be okay sometimes. Yeah. You just have to, um, 
something that, you know, gave me a lot of positivity this year is actually a lecture I listened to by um, a philosopher and theologian named uh, Manly P. Hall. You know, I had to bring up Manly at some point here. I know, I know. Fucking Manly. Nobody else knows what we're talking about. Please, please explain Manly a bit before you talk about the lecture. Um, But Manly P. Hall was an incredible human being. He was actually born in Ontario in like 1900, I think like maybe nine, like 1901, something like that. He just became this channel um, throughout his life for any kind of occult and esoteric knowledge. I mean, he's written hundreds upon hundreds of books, pamphlets. Um, He's let, he lectured all the way into his nineties, I believe about philosophy, theology, and occult sciences. So he's just a really cool dude. And what kind of um, caused his spiritual awakening was he worked on Wall Street during the the big economic crash in the 20s. You know, he saw a man, like during the economic crash, he walked out on the street and he saw a man just walk out on the street and take his own life because all his money was gone. And he had this really profound moment where he was like, this can't be it. You know what I mean? Like everything that this man could have achieved in his life all the joys he could have had in this life, the sensations, he just took them away because of some imaginary fucking numbers, you know, that just disappeared in a second and it propelled him to just become obsessed and entirely besotted with like gaining this knowledge and channeling it in every which way. So you can find his lectures online. You can find his books, pamphlets, everything. It's all pretty much free because it's quite old, but he has this beautiful lecture called the victory of the soul over circumstance. And, you know, it doesn't matter what denomination you are, or if you don't like religion at all. Um, He's so straightforward and it's so beautiful. And basically the main gist of it, it's so nuanced and it's long, but the main gist of it is like everything in this world is always moving in the direction of the greater good, because that's forward. That's what forward is. Right. Yeah. And if there are setbacks, there are setbacks in our lifetime, but our lifetime is not the defining life. Uh, sorry, it's not the defining timeline for everything, right? Like in your lifetime, you know, you you might experience peril and joy and whatever, but in a tree's lifetime, it's going to experience that a hundred times over and it will right that progress on a much bigger scale towards the greater good. So, you know, even if right now you feel like everything's absolutely shitty in our society or on this planet or in your own personal life or with your mental health or anything, I think it's super, super important to know that it's just, it's, everything is moving forward. That, that is just the general traction of everything. And I remind myself of that every day and it keeps me sane. So if, if that helps a single other person, then that's there for you. I love that. I love that. Sales is Brene Brown. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A little bit of manly, a little bit of Brene, a little bit of manly by my son, a little bit of my life. Um, okay, we need to end this episode. I need to smoke some fucking weed and eat some food or something um, and think about my unemployment some more. Uh, I'm just going to keep drinking this wine. 
Yeah. Also, shout out to my buddy Alex who listens to this podcast. I'm drinking your wine and it's great. I'm getting fucking drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, thank you all so much for sticking with us. Um, Thank you for all the feedback for the previous episode. It was not an easy one to put out into this world. We really appreciated the positive feedback. But also, again, we'll say it again. You know, we're always open to constructive criticism, too. Yes, we are, especially drunk Sam. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, good luck with all these um, eclipses coming up, the the current eclipse and all that's going on internally, the solar eclipse and the conjunction, the end of the year and, you know, lockdown, no lockdown. We'll see you guys soon. Until then, just hang tight. We love you. Bye.